Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the PHLY Eagles post-game show. Bo Wolf, Jamie Lynch, Zach Berman joining us in a little bit. And the good news is the Eagles are 4-0 after Jake Elliott knocks home a 54-yard field goal in overtime to give the Eagles a 34-31 victory. The bad news is I feel like everybody in Philadelphia has significantly more heartburn after that very weird, very wild game. Uh, but... The Eagles are 4-0. Jamie, yeah, I, just, I got to crack a you victory beer. beer. Yeah, calm the nerves after that uh, end of the game, fourth quarter, overtime. I'm sure we'll d- dissect every decision that was made there. But a uh, lot, lot of like football philosophy type stuff at mm. the end of that game. Uh, Reed Blankenship's forearm might get the MVP award. Yeah, uh, Jake Elliott. I feel like I feel like his arm, his forearm, should go to the podium for the <laughs> postgame press conference. He should yeah. he should not talk. It should just be, draw maybe he can draw like there. lips on it <laughs> and like talk with it. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a pretty wild play because check this. <laughs> uh, it was a wild game. There was a lot going on. From you know, do you score with that much time left? We'll get into that. I not <laughs> uh, you know, a minute forty three left in the game. There, uh, the defense all day some of the play calling kind of a lot to get into but yes they are 4-0 uh and still i think we are left saying is yeah. there, when are we going to see their best football this is the worst 4-0 <laughs> team i've ever seen uh, which is the, probably true yeah <laughs> i mean that was a that was a tough win if there is such a thing yeah and now listen you know division games are weird yes uh there were a lot of very weird and you know bad calls these things that were sort of going against the eagles and so to fight through all of those things to get the win is important right you respect that sure. and and the main um, thing is the main thing you got to keep the the thing about football is that you got to keep the main thing the you main have thing. to and low man wins and all those other things. But uh, you do have to give credit to, you know, to Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and all those guys for, for coming up uh, with the win when they could. I think, there was a, I think there is a lot to unpack about how, like, sort of sloppily they handle in-game management stuff. I think there's some, some play-calling stuff to talk about. The defense 
you know, did not really hold up their end of the bargain in this game. In, except in Nicholas a matchup, Morrow. Except he's, Nicholas Morrow. He's like Lawrence Taylor now. Apparently. Yeah. yeah three sacks for <laughs> Nicholas Morrow. Nobody had that. Uh, not, we did not have that in our best bets in the pregame show. I mean, A.J. Brown goes for uh, 175 yards on nine catches and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts tops 300 yards passing for the first time this season. Uh, all of that stuff is, is good, but uh, there is a lot to complain about. But I, I also think it's like, um, that first half is weird, right? It's, it's being played at the commander's sort of pace, right? It's being played at their level. They, they have a 14-yard drive to score a touchdown on the very first possession of the game. Seven minutes, yeah. Seven minutes, Eagles respond, and then the commanders go up 17-7. Eagles get a field goal at the end of the half, and then they have a big third quarter, right? They take a 24-17 lead. But this is where sort of you, you were hoping the defense would, once the, the game flow moved into their direction, they'd be able to really tee off on Sam Howell. And I think you and I were both pretty impressed with Sam Howell Sam in this Howell's game. Sam Howell's pretty good. He was putting the ball on the <laughs> money. He's the best quarterback they faced this season. Yeah, he really might be. Uh, he was putting the ball on the money all day. And, uh, the throw to McLaurin on, yeah. on you know, the Blankenship forearm play was a hell of a throw. And even the, the, the Dotson touchdown there, yeah. it was a perfectly placed ball away from, uh, who was that, Job? Job? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he's a very accurate passer, it appears. And he, you know, I don't know if they want to build the franchise around him yet, but he's... He's not bad. He's yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. And so the the real uh, inflection point of this game, right, is it's 24-24. The Eagles get a chance to go score a touchdown. They don't. They have to punt it away. And boy, does that punter not look very good. No, Aaron Sipos, <laughs> come on back. Please. We, <laughs> we miss are, yeah, you. And we're sorry. We're sorry <laughs> for all the, uh, the choice words over the years. Then the defense gets a stop. So the, the offense gets the ball back with about four minutes left with a chance to like, okay, ice this game away, kick a field goal. And it was, it was funny because it, it's such a parallel to the end of the Super Bowl, right? Where yeah. the Chiefs get the ball. And the one thing you don't want them to do is to just hold onto the ball and kick a, field, a chip shot field goal with no time on the clock. That's right? really just give deflating. up a touchdown, yeah. give up a touchdown, please. Like then we can have a chance to score. And the Eagles have the ball with about 140 left. Washington calls their second timeout, and they have a second and four. And so if you get one first down, you have a chance to just end the game. Pretty much. Or at the very worst case scenario, you're going to overtime. Instead, and you don't want to, like, take away the aggressiveness from guys. Like, you want to go score touchdowns. That's great. But Jalen Hurts throws a touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, who then, you know, taunts Emmanuel Forbes, Which that comes them. into play. And so now Washington's going to get the ball back with a chance to score. And if they wanted to go for two and win the game. And so now you're in a position where you could lose the game by scoring a touchdown. The defense does not hold up there into the bargain. A lot of, you know, there were a couple of fourth down conversions credit to, to the commanders there. And then I, I do feel like if you're a riverboat run, you got to go for two there. Yeah. What, so what did you make of, of scoring a touchdown from AJ, from uh, Jalen Hurst to AJ Brown yeah, there? Jason in the chat says we got lucky. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree that there was a, a hint of luck to this game. I, um, they clearly saw something with the double move on Foster because they tried it again in overtime. Yeah, they were a, killing so, Emmanuel Forbes all game. Or Forbes, yeah. yeah. Who did I say? I blacked out. Foster. Uh, okay. Anyway, Foster. That's yeah, Zach's well. guy, Emmanuel Forbes. He's been, he's been uh, talking about they, him for years. They clearly saw something there with him and knew they had that. But it's hard to say you don't like a touchdown play call there. Uh, but me and you looked at each other right away and went, oof, a minute 43 that's not, left. That's not a smart thing to do. And I, Sam Howe was kind of carving you up. And 
Yeah, I, it was ballsy. I, I, I mean, listen, I I realize uh, that it's like a very Philadelphia thing to like complain about the way that you scored a touchdown. Sure. You're like, oh, that's not the right way to do it. But I, I I mean, they did open up a possibility of losing the game when in that scenario, as long as you are holding on to the ball and if you can get four yards, you're going to have a chance to just kick the ball as time expires. Um, so anyway, we saw the commanders go down and on that uh, on the last play of the game, they get that that really nice throw from Howell to Jah- uh, Jahan Dotson. The commanders get the ball to start overtime. Defense gets a stop. And then uh, with a with a few hiccups in there and a, a borderline intentional grounding call on Jalen Hurts, eventually Jake Elliott puts through the, the 54 yarder to win. Yeah, I didn't understand a couple play calls there in overtime. The intentional grounding play call looked like Jalen had checked out of or kept the same play. I'm, I'm curious if Zach will will get that info of did he keep the same because they clearly recognized the blitz was coming. They either checked out of it or checked or just kept it the same. Uh, but him and A.J. Brown were not on the same page there. And A.J. Brown did not get the either new play or mm-hmm. there was a couple miscommunication errors there throughout. You saw one with Goddard too late. Um, so they certainly have some things to clean up offensively. But, yeah, like I'm kind of surprised now looking back on it, uh, you know, all of 25 minutes ago that Ron <laughs> Rivera didn't go for it there yeah you're the underdog what are we yeah, doing you're on the road like you have a chance to win the game that this, fires you your know team i'm not up. the first person to say this but it does feel like a good gut check is like what does the other team not want me to do yeah and wouldn't you have felt much more nervous oh, if yeah. they were going for two there as Absolutely. opposed to you get overtime and you get to start again i, I think they lose the game I mean, I mean, there's no way to prove that, yeah. but uh, the, the the defense today... And that's, this is exactly what the Eagles could have done if they had only given up a touchdown uh, to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Then they could have gone and yeah. scored a touchdown and gone for two. Yeah, the defense uh, was the most concerning part about today, for sure. Um, you know, they didn't get the... You know, Washington let up nine sacks last week. You saw a decent amount of pressure. You know, Morrow had three. Jalen Carter was in on a half of one. I think Reddick had one in like a quarter. Uh, so you had some guys getting pressure, but Sam Howell also seemed to pick apart that soft coverage underneath and in the middle. It seemed like there was a lot of sort of soft coverage on, yeah. on third down, right, where they were just giving him the first down. Um which is not what you want to see. No. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Jonathan Gannon, before he set the uh, record for sacks and all that, we used to get roasted. Anytime they played a good mm. quarterback, he would allow completion percentages of, you know, 75% or better, which is like unheard of. And I kind of was having flashbacks to that a little bit where it was like, you're giving these guys a lot of easy completions. And once a quarterback kind of warms up and gets in the motion and, and, you know, gets that confidence, that's something that they can build off of. And I think Sam Howell was was feeling pretty damn good out there today. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, if you were analyzing this game before the game, which we did all week, you thought that the Eagles were going to be able to get after Sam Howell with just their four, sure. right, uh, without having to blitz. And so the fact that they had to dial it up so much and, you know, Nicholas Morrow looks like Lawrence Taylor and gets those three sacks, um, they were not able to to affect Howell enough. And, and he did make some nice plays of getting away from the rush and, and yeah. using his legs. He's a white guy. So we have to say that he's sneaky athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that was a little bit disappointing. And without Justin Evans, uh, Terrell Edmonds was, was playing safety. Um, I thought he did okay. He had a couple rough sequences uh, there. He sure did. He dropped an interception on a, yeah. a really nice pressure from Brandon Graham. Um, 
one of my favorite parts of this game, which is a very small play in the game, is when Darius Slay goes out for that. He gets injured for tackling John Bates. Yeah. And the commanders get to, you know, run a play with no Darius Slay on the field and they go heavy. So the Eagles can just keep two corners on the field. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't want to just test whoever the Eagles fourth corner was. Like, yeah. no, we're good. We'll, we'll just, we'll throw it deep here. And, I know he's hurt. Yeah. We'll give him a yeah, play to get let's back. Let's be fair. Let's yeah. be sporting. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. I feel like uh, what is your what is your general takeaway? Are we are we sticking with the worst four in our team ever? <laughs> no, not that. I mean, my takeaway was there's some concerning things defensively, uh, and my two main takeaways are the defense allowing a lot of easy completions all day, and two, uh, Brian Johnson's play calling situationally. Uh, there was a couple situations, you know, on that second and three. They decide to take a 50-yard shot when a field goal In wins overtime, it. Yeah. And it's like, why? And then they the third and three play was the Devontae Smith play, which should have been run yeah. on second down. So you're at a third and one. Uh, you know, the, the touchdown play, as we called, like, yeah, it's great, but is that the right play call there? Sure. So there just seemed to be a lot of situational calls that were questionable. And it's probably a question over the course of the week to follow up on is, you know, how much of that is Jalen audibling sure. at the line or how much leeway does he have for stuff like that um, versus what what actually is called and what is Nick Sirianni's role in all of that Jalen Hurts goes 25 of 37 for 319 the two touchdowns uh, by the numbers as a passer it's his his best game of the year uh, 112.3 quarterback rating he was uh, above uh, zero in terms of EPA per drop back for the first time this season by success rate it looks like he was at 51 percent where whereas he was at 58 percent last week but he had the two interceptions so that dropped his his epa down um i i still don't think that he looks right do you uh there was one deep ball to Devonte smith where he appeared to miss him by like 43 yards um and i thought Devonte was open he looked really off on that i think the second half he looked a lot better than the first half um we talked about his running Things he looks that, slow. He does look now, a there little was that slow. One, there was that one really nice run, right? Yeah, where, where he where ducked and escaped it, out it, the middle. Yeah, and it felt like he was that was much more natural, right? Whereas these ones where he's scrambling around or even the, the quarterback draws, and then he's like sliding for one yard or two yards. Like, what are we doing? I here? literally looked at you at one play, and I go, if they call the quarterback <laughs> right. draw here, and it was the Swift uh, RPO, PRO right. quarterback keep play, and Swift looked like he had six or seven yards up the middle potentially, uh, and Hertz kept it and went out wide for a yard. And I was like, why are you calling that here? Like DeAndre Swift has looked great. Can right. still he's picking up like six yards a carry. Um, I don't know why there was a hesitancy to not just pound the rock a little bit more, uh, especially situationally. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, you know, I, I was encouraged by Jalen's second half. I think he was putting the ball on the money uh, for the most part. Uh, it looks a little slow in the running game. Uh, some of the play calling, I think, needs to get tightened up. I don't. I, there was too many miscommunication plays, like the end of the game, yeah. the Goddard play. Yeah. It happened last week with Goddard. I don't know what's going on. If Brian Johnson's late getting the play calls in, uh, whatever that may be, we can talk to Zach about that. Uh, but yeah, it certainly seems a little clunky still. It has its moments of looking, you know, like a sports car, and then it has its moments of. What the fuck was that? Yeah, and and I think the sports car moments are mostly 
AJ Brown driven. He was great. Uh, he was very good. So and was Devante. Devante makes that rising Ooh. catch, uh, which brought to mind the catch he made in Washington last season when he just goes up and gets it. Uh, there was the throw that that Hurts made in uh, you know like the the honey hole, the turkey hole there yeah. in the the cover two to AJ Brown. That was really nice. Um, and then obviously AJ Brown has the long. Uh, touchdown reception for 59 yards and what a, and what a uh, what hustle from Olamide Zacchaeus on that I looked at you right down. away and I go does Quez make that block yeah I, and I think it's a fair question to I ask because a fair question. part of the reason they brought him in here was he's that gritty kind of blocking wide receiver that will do whatever's asked of him and a hell of a play by him and Devontae was downfield blocking as well allowing AJ to get in there but AJ Brown is he's special man like the taunting call was a little weak. I mean, he did. Yeah. It is taunting. Yeah. Like, he's got to know better. probably shouldn't do that in that situation. The rest right did, there. I did think it was pretty tepid as far as taunting It goes. is. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you got to know the refs are going to probably call that. Uh, but he is a special talent, man. That, that guy is a beast. I think there's there's no doubt about that. I think he's he's on a, a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yeah, so. he really is. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 14 for 56 for four yards of carry and a touchdown. He also had... Four catches for 23 yards and also drew that pass interference penalty on what, what would have been a big play in the passing game. I thought he, as you said, I thought he looked better than those numbers indicate, that, that 14 for 56. He was he was making stuff happen. Still. Yeah, he was. And uh, credit to the offensive line. We can Them in pass protection today, I, I thought, you know, Jordan Mailata had a rough day. He did. Chase Young is – and look, the Eagles haven't played Chase Young the last three times. So Nick Sirianni has never seen uh, – Chase Young, and he had an impact on the game in the first half. Maialata, I thought, was a little bit in hell there with him in the pass protection. Uh, but again, that's like one of those situations where it's like, do we get the running game going a little bit more and get the get the big guys, you know, hitting people as opposed to setting and, and blocking more? So, you know. Um, yeah, this was a, a passing game. 311 was, passing yeah. yards to, to 104 on the ground. Um, and I, like you said, the offensive line was, was not great. There were some penalties, too. Uh, Cam Jurgens left this game at halftime with a foot yeah. injury. was replaced by Sue Opeta. I thought Opeta did well, actually. Uh, now I'm an, I'm an, an avowed Opeta guy, guy right? so... Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they start the second half. I'm like, Sue, Sue is on the field. There he is, my baby boy. Yeah. Um, but uh, earlier this week, I asked Zach if he thought it was interesting that the Eagles are undefeated over the past two years in games in which uh, Sue Opeta plays more than 15 snaps. He said no. And all of a sudden it comes in. That's why they won the game today. I, think. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's it stops being a coincidence after a while. You know what? That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is this is uh, correlation or this is causation and not correlation. Um, yeah. I think elsewhere on offense, uh, the Goddard thing is still a little bit mystifying. Yeah. Uh, now, he had a drop that they were a little bit fortunate didn't turn into something worse. Yep. Uh, but he only has two catches for 25 yards on four targets. I, I don't know where, like, did they just lose, uh, you know, the uh, that page of the playbook is like a, not a real thing, but like, it feels like somebody misplaced the Dallas Goddard part of the offense. Yeah, and there was one play call. I think Jalen ended up keeping it where Dallas was wide open yes. on one. I think it was in the second quarter, if I'm I think not that's mistaken. Right. Uh, I, I don't want to say Jalen's not looking at him, but he missed a really big opportunity with Dallas on that one. Yeah, it is It is a weird kind of situation um, why he's disappeared from the passing attack so much. Maybe it has to do with the way defenses are now playing the Eagles. 
which is, you know, the reason why these quarterback draws aren't really working as well. Because it's, I don't want to say spy, but it's almost like you're dropping into a, a linebacker zone ish situation if they're not rushing. And maybe that's jamming Goddard's routes up a little bit. Uh, but they, they clearly are playing the Eagles differently uh, after a year of tape. What did you make of the refs today? The refs. Um, <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> I don't want to. We won, so it's fine. We can complain about it now. Uh, the pass interference calls were horrendous. Yeah, the, Very the two of them. Very ticky-tacky. The Bradbury one down the left sideline, that was a deep throw, was bad. The one on Slay on McLaurin was one of the worst I've ever seen. That was like in, you, within five yards of you the You know scrimmage. that if a wide receiver Doesn't like, call for drops it. his head because <laughs> he knows that he got beat on the rep that he, and is not ask, like, asking for flag? a flag then I think you know that that's not a pass interference. So, yeah, I mean. and then the uh, I think the Jack Del Rio uh, full diaper crying this week has... I think the NFL is on some kind of watch for this tush push because Payne's yes, the, hand on that one uh, right, so they call offsides. They call Landon Dickerson for lining up uh, over the ball. Meanwhile, Deron Payne has his hand like on the ball like and is under it. face-to-face with Jason Kelsey. So, yes, if anything... That should be offsetting, um, but it did. It did sort of feel like that was like a here's here's one thing we could do to like yeah. stop this play that for whatever reason people are all up in arms about. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, they can. They don't really even need the push from behind from like a Gainwell or whoever. Like they more or less are just getting it themselves with a quarterback sneak. Tom Brady and the Patriots did that for over a decade um, in high leverage spots and would always get it. So, you know, you can't really, maybe you can eliminate the, the running back player behind pushing, but then it's like a, it's like a weird line of like, what's a push and what's sure. just trying to make another block and accidentally hitting them. It's like, I don't know how you litigate that going forward, but, uh, I did enjoy that the commanders tried to do it themselves. Uh, it worked once it yeah. failed once in <laughs> a big Thomas spot. Just gets, Stood up. Yeah, uh, that was Jalen Carter just picking a man. And then up another and weird one where Sirianni could have taken fourth and two, I think, instead of the third and six or third and seven. I disagreed with debatable you know, that one. Yeah. I would have. I would have said because you went for two the previous possession to take the field goal out of the game. So then you're kind of right. flipping the board on Ron Rivera and going, all right, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to kick a meaningless field goal right now, or do you want to try and go for the tush push on fourth and one here right. against us because you need the the seven? So and if and if we are like debating play calling and specific play calls, I would say my least favorite of the day was uh, when they were up four, and it's third and goal from like the eleven or whatever it was, and they call like that that coward sweep. They give the they, the sweep to Gainwell. They're yeah. just giving up, taking those three points. He fumbles the ball, and Lane Johnson falls on it. But like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, that was a strange play try, call as well. Try to get the ball to the end zone, please. Yeah, like, it was. It was the second down. Have had so many cowards draw, coward sweeps this year. It's yeah, the second down concerned. play call wasn't good either on front of it, and it was almost like, are you guys just conceding on a field goal here on second down at right. like the twenty-five? Um, again, Brian Johnson's red zone offensive play calling has been, you know, the hot conversation on on Twitter when I go on during the games and. I can't really tell anybody anything to calm them down there. I, I don't think it's been good. 
Uh, it's something you know you you need to be better at. Mm. One of two officially on trips in the red zone uh, for the Eagles in this game. Just in terms of uh, like the weird things in this game that that they sort of overcame uh, that are not sort of week to week occurrences. This is an incomplete list, but you had on the, you know, that opening drive, you had the third down stop mitigated for the hold on uh, Nicholas Mora, which seemed a little bit ticky tack. Then you had Edmonds dropping that interception on yeah. the Brandon Graham pressure. Then you had the fumble in the end zone, right? Brian Robinson fumbling into the end zone and McLaurin recovers for a touchdown. You had the Dickerson call. You had the Bradbury penalty. You had Antonio Gibson just fumbling a pitch and the ball just bounced right back to him as if uh, it was a basketball. You had the uh, Darius Slay call we talked about. All of those things, like you expect some bad calls. The refs are not the what decided this game, but a little bit of credit, I guess, for for overcoming all of those things. That's you know, it it felt a little bit like last year's Commanders game in which, like, all of these bizarre things happened and led to the loss for them to be able to overcome that. It was you give, yeah. them, you give them some credit. Yeah, I don't understand what happens to the Commanders when they come to Philadelphia, but they get up for these games. You know, uh, I think they're a little bit better than I might have given them credit for. Actually, seeing them play yeah, all the game, how was not bad, man? He really isn't bad, and and Brian Robinson's been pretty solid, and Terry McLaurin turns into Jerry Rice when he plays the Eagles. So, um, you know, they're not a bad team, and it's a divisional football team, and a lot of people are probably gonna, you know, flip the narrative of, oh, the Commanders suck. I can't believe you let them hanging around that long. I don't, I don't know that they suck. You know, their defensive front is. Is pretty solid. Uh, they got some decent cornerback play today, uh, considering how good Devontae and AJ are. And Sam Howell made some throws, and they protected them better than I expected them to. So they're not a bad team. I don't think they're going to, like, you know, cause fear in people's hearts, but they're a I solid football team. I think they could be. Yeah, they'll be in the playoff conversation. Yeah, absolutely. When seven teams make the playoffs, I think, I think they'll be involved. Um, I think the general takeaway just – the first quarter of the season ish is like, it says a lot about how talented the Eagles are sure that they have played like three, like C plus games and like a B minus game and they're four and O and and, and when they're playing just okay, they're still putting up 400 yards of offense and you look around the league and all these other teams that's, that's just struggle so much offensively. Like we're still saying Jalen hurts doesn't look right. Uh, the play calling is an issue and still, you know, they put up 34 points in this game. You know, it's they're over 400 yards, uh, of total offense for the third straight week. They're they're like just okay is still very very good. Yeah yeah absolutely. Uh, you know some of these things offensively, whether it be the play calling or the communication issues, those can all be shored up. And they have a good coaching staff, uh, we believe. Uh, Brian Johnson still TBD in his new role, but Sirianni and Desai, I think. Uh, Desai will probably get a lot of questions this week about that soft coverage underneath. But you know there's a lot of things that are fixable, and I, I I'm pretty encouraged by Jalen's second half um so that's two weeks in a row where first half kind of looked a little suspect and then he you know kind of righted the ship in the second half so uh and slightly encouraged by Jalen but you still haven't seen the full kind of four four quarters from him uh on defense we talked about Morrow I thought Zach Cunningham played a good game the the linebackers I'm uh, it is surprising at how much 
they don't just not seem like an issue. The last two weeks, they've been additive. They've, they've seemed to have like really been making plays. Yeah, Moro's had two games in a row now where, I mean, he, this guy wasn't even on the team three, four weeks ago, uh, and now he's had two really good games in a row. Uh, it looks like he's, you know, pretty much shored up a job even when N'Kobe Dean comes back. Uh, which, you know, we can get an update from you and Zach this week on, hopefully. Um, yeah, but Cunningham hasn't been bad either. Uh, you know, they're getting picked on a little bit uh, in passing. I don't think Morrow's great in the passing game, uh, but he's, he's shown an ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky reporting from the locker room. Uh, Devontae Smith on Jake Elliott. He says, uh, chicken little, nothing he can't do. And they, somebody asked, why Chicken Little? And he says, have you ever seen Chicken Little? That's what he looks like. <laughs> That's great. So, a lot of people say Jake Elliott's like the most athletic dude on the, in, on the team. He is. I mean, in terms of like Picking uh, up a well-rounded athlete, yeah. he is. I mean, he's, a, he's like a a close, to a, close to a scratch golfer. Yeah. I think he's like a two. Uh, he's like the best ping pong player. He's one of the best softball players. He's, you know, he was like a great tennis player in high school. He's, yeah, yeah, he can do it all. Uh, it's pretty damn nice. And I saw somebody tweeted earlier. I don't remember who it was. That Howie's greatest move could have been finding Jake Elliott from the Bengals practice squad. Mm. I mean, he's because he's he's steady. Like when when he lined up to take that game winning kick, I went, he's got it. Right. Like I have that confidence with him. That's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that in terms of like how confident are you are you in the guy at doing his job? It's like, you know, he's like third or fourth on the on the whole team after like Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Yeah, probably. Uh, the comment section is saying, uh, per uh, Tolentino from the Inquirer, AJ was drug tested after the game. Mm, everybody loves everybody loves that when, <laughs> when when a guy who has a big game gets drug tested. Yeah, and he was up on the podium, and I just saw uh, said he he knows he can't taunt like that and dad Jalen Hurts told him that on the sidelines and held mm. him accountable so that was handled right away Jalen squashed it and said no more keep the main thing the main thing act like you've been there before standard is the standard yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear the cliche count today from from Zach when he the checks in always full. there's probably going to be a ton of cliches today uh, I see in the in the comments here Ash says that Jimmy Kemsky says that uh, Cam Jurgens is in a boot so that would indicate that he, he may be out for uh, more than just a week. Mm. Well, you get your yeah. Suo Peta games. If he's going to play 15 snaps, they're going to win the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the offensive line has been getting, luckily, nothing major yet, but they have been getting dinged up a little bit. You know, Dickerson last week, now Jergens this week. Um, you know, not obviously great, but uh, hopefully it's minor. <laughs> uh, Ron Rivera uh, says he considered going for two. At the end of regulation, as long as he considered it, that's all that matters. <laughs> but but the guys were gassed. Well, you know who you know who else would have been gassed? The defense. The defense. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's one that keeps him up tonight. Uh, that that would probably torment me if I was a coach and I had that opportunity. Yeah, but don't you also sort of get the sense that like Ron Rivera knows this is the end of the road? Like the Josh Harris is going to bring in his own coach. He's probably not losing sleep about much. He's you know well, he's, he's, he's got to work. He's probably losing sleep about oh I got to show up to work and talk to Jack Del Rio again tomorrow. <laughs> like that's what's probably keeping him up. Jack Del Rio's yeah. probably got bad breath too. He just looks like that kind of guy. No doubt. Yeah, he's Absolutely. got a real stinker in there. But like even more so, if Ron Rivera thinks that you know this is the end and Josh Harris is going to bring in his guy, then go for it. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ca talk about cowardly. Like the more and more I think about it, you got to go for that there, because hmm. that's a demoralizing loss if you're the Eagles 
on your home field two years in a row, he's come in and beat you. And something in that fashion with, you know, a two-minute game on the line drive like that, yeah, I, I, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you, you kind of pussed out a little bit there, Ron. You're not a good job. No. Not a good job. Yeah. Um, what's your, you know, Jake Elliott we talked about, you know, there was that, uh, there was that one period right after he signed the extension when he, when he did struggle a little bit. I think it was 2019. Um, and ever since then, he's been, he's been nails again. Uh, it is wild. And you, you said, like, the, getting him off the, uh, the Bengals practice squad. How much like the uh, the 2017 Caleb Sturgis injury? Yeah, and the Bengals needing to keep Randy Bullock on the roster, even though Jake Elliott had been a fifth round pick by them. He probably should keep the guy on the roster. How much that that has been a, a big factor in in Eagles history? Yeah, I mean he's uh, you know Justin Tucker is uh, you know the best I guess, but outside of that, I mean I, there's not many guys I would take over Jake Elliott. He's probably a, a top three kicker in this league and. He's got stones. Like when you saw him come out there for the for the game winning field goal, he was going, "All right." He was like calming everybody right. else down. Right. He's going, "All right, calm down, guys, calm down. I got this." Like, he's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, other side of the ball, uh, we talked about Howell, twenty nine of forty one for two ninety and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin again continues to be uh, something of an Eagles killer. Eight catches for eighty six yards. Would have been more if not for Reed Blankenship's forearm. I wonder how sore that thing is going to be. That had to hurt a little bit. It was also the play before Blankenship makes a tackle and comes up like limping a little bit. So he's like, he's feeling some kind of way. Then he has to go cover McLaurin, gets cleated on, but but like that saves the game. That, yeah, that it really forearm. did. And safety's thin. Like uh, I thought that might have been a catch too. It, it was damn close. And I said to you, like, why is there not a better technology yeah. for those type of plays yet? Um, well, you know, tennis. Like, I always think of tennis and, like, how good of that, course. Yeah. that graphic is with the, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> they should yeah, have that on yeah, the side. Like, yeah. the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, yet we still have, you know, chains and, like, a human eye calls on these type of plays. It's like... Why don't you guys just get up the technology a little bit and just get it right every time? Because if they hadn't called that out of bounds, I think it's it's if they called catch. it a catch. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so I think whatever the call on the field was, it was that close that they were just going to keep it, right. whatever it was called. So they got lucky there. I mean, right. that was that was a hell of a play by Terry McLaurin. You even saw Nick Sirianni go like. Hey man, nice fucking right. catch. <laughs> yeah, and the throw too. The throw was perfect. Yeah. We can't give Sam Howe too much praise. You know, everybody's everybody thinks he sucks out there. It is funny to think, uh, you know, not not that you would ever question this, but like on the the list of like these guys are much different species than us. Like the like the the cleat on the forearm, like you know that that would that put me out for a couple. Yeah, weeks. How, would you like, be able to type? Yeah, or would I you mean, have to go I, on short term? And I would be like feeling so sorry for myself. <laughs> I'd be telling everybody about this terrible thing that happened to me, and meanwhile he's like out of the next. He's yeah, just yeah. out there. Well, he's also no what twenty three. We would have bounced back yeah. a lot more, uh, you know, 15 years ago, Bo. Sure. <laughs> Plus the tour at all or, you know, whatever you got. Yeah. All that yeah. stuff helps. Um, I, uh, I'm curious to talk to Zach uh, to hear what sort of the, uh, like, tenor of the, the locker room is like. Well, you've been in a lot of these locker rooms yourself. You know a lot of these guys pretty well. What would you guess is the tenor of the locker room? I would guess that it's like, you know, division games are weird. Like, we're, we're happy to get a win. We, we got a lot to work on. It's sort of the Sirianni thing of it. Like, yeah. um, where there's a lot to clean up, but I'm happy we got a win. I'm sure that that's what they're feeling. I'm sure A.J. Brown is, is you know, puffing his chest out. He had, he had a big game. game. Um, I, I don't like... 
Got me 39 they're fantasy just, points. They're just close. They're just like, they're, they're, they're not too far away. No. Right? And it is like over the arc of the season, it's a, it's a pretty good spot to be in that you are 4-0 and and knowing that you're still probably going to be getting better as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, if Jalen's, he, he hasn't yet done the full four, four quarters, uh, the play calling, you know, the defense today. There's a lot, I think, that is easily correctable. We'll see. Uh, they did. It seemed like they were trying to pick on Job a little bit. And it did. It worked, but like it was, it was good coverage, and it's always hard to hard to parse that out. Where I thought there was a lot of catches today, where there was it wasn't a reflection on the defense. It was just like Dallas Goddard's catch was great defense by the Commanders. Right, uh, Bradbury had one where he was like perfectly coming down over the guy's shoulder. I think it was McLaurin. Maybe he made a great catch. There was a lot of good catches with tough defense today. Yeah, there's the one where Bradbury comes in and like gets his hand on the yeah. ball, but it's still a catch. Uh, Devontae going up, uh, you know, for that yes. catch. It was pretty well. Defended. And then one of the big completions of the game, which we haven't talked about, was on the way uh, toward the eventual AJ Brown touchdown. It was that third and long where Jalen Hurts throws it, like just barely gets it to Alameda Zacchaeus with the two yeah. Commanders guys like diving for it. That was a, that was a heck of a throw. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Job getting some hate on the timeline during the game a little bit. Uh, I you know look he's an undrafted or what was he six round pick? Um, he's just Job undrafted undrafted yeah. yeah. So he's um, you know just starting out here. I think the thing with him is his position is usually pretty good. Like I don't see him out of position a lot. Uh, so I think for, you know, his first four games, essentially, in the NFL, uh, I know he was here last year on the practice squad and up and down a little bit. Um, I think the kid's got a little potential. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be great, but... I think the, so, too. The fact that he's, he seems to understand the positioning of where he needs to be, I think that's really encouraging for four games. Yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not worried about him on the field, yeah. necessarily. I think he's kind of stepped up a there little bit. There will be games in which the opposing team has two really good receivers, yeah. and you'll be worried about that. But yeah, I'm, I, they could do a lot worse. It's the hardest position to play in the NFL. I, I mean, that's right. you saw the, the calls today. I mean, those pass interference calls were just... Like, their, their job's hard enough. I mean, you know, and even the announcers, Joe Davis and um, the Moose, on that one deep ball that uh, I think it was to Dotson, he had like a step on Slay. They were playing a little mm-hmm. bit of like the the arm flapping game. And he was like, oh, I'm surprised that's not I'm like, you have to let the guys play at right. some point. A like, little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're running side by side with a, a world-class athlete. Like, you're going to have some, some hand slapping a little bit. Let them play. Now, more importantly... In some degree, than the Eagles coming out uh, with a win here was you going two and zero again with your best bets, Jamie. See, this is where I'm an absolute idiot. I don't actually bet these. (laughs) I think I did uh, two weeks ago. I think I took one of my own plays, but yeah, I went two and zero again today. Jalen Hurts, two touchdown passes. Brian Robinson finished the day with 45 yards. Hits on the under 53 and a half. Three in a row. uh, That one's hit. Yeah. Just give myself a little pat on the back there. I just need to for maybe. two for me. I, I tried. I tried. I went for a longer odds one on a Dallas Goddard touchdown. Didn't happen. And then uh, the Jalen Carter, at least a half a sack. Very close. He was held in somewhat check yeah. today. He had a couple plays. He just missed the sack where Howe kind of ducked under him on that third and one. He kind of just picked a man up and put him on a sled and shoved him back, uh, disrupting the pocket. But outside of like two or three plays, I, I thought that. The commanders did a pretty good job on the inside of the line. Well, because I didn't really hear Davis's name much either. Yes, um, I thought Jordan Davis was pretty quiet in this game. Yeah, I thought 
I thought they did. Fletcher Cox had a great game. He had, yeah, he, on the he was inverse, much more active. and uh, Milton but, Williams was was active as well. Yeah, but the two, yeah, you know, Georgia Bulldogs, I thought were were held in check a little bit by the Commanders. Well, you too can get in on that kind of action. We got uh, games going on right now. Game tonight. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us all in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code PHLY. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 and older, age varies by jurisdiction, void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, we have a picture of uh, Mr. Blankenship's forearm. Oh. The, the game MVP, Reed Blankenship's forearm. It does look like it's a, a little red and irritated and possibly bruised oh, there. Oh, nice. Jeff okay. McClain tweeting this out. He knew who the game MVP was. He got right That's over That's good. There. You can see the marks. Yeah. Hairy arm. Yeah, relatively hairy. Relatively hairy, I would say. Yeah, we'll see if we can flash that up on the screen. But it, it, you can see the cleat marks for sure. Yeah. It looks like it's probably going to be a little the hair level, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got me beat. That's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, there, there you have it. The, uh, the, the Reed Blankenship forearm MVP of the game. There you go. Uh, apparently Jalen Hurts is, uh, going to speak in a few minutes. And so Zach is going to talk to Jalen Hurts and then come up. I guess, I guess this is the tiebreaker. You know, week one, he said he was going to go with us week two. He went to Jalen week three. He's breaking the tie. Apparently we matter less than Jalen. I guess that's fair. There it is. There's Reed chip's arm. Oh man. His, his hand looks very red. Why is his hand so red? That uh, that looks a little painful, honestly. And the way he's holding it, I mean, how yeah. got him the win? Yeah, he's a he's a player. He is very good. Yeah, that's a that's a great job by the Eagle Scouting Department to find him and me. But you know, yeah, not, uh, uh, we can share the credit. It's, <laughs> success has has many parents. Yeah, with uh, you know Brown out and Evans out. I, I'm uh, I'm becoming good on the Terrell Edmonds. I know he's got to play out of necessity right now, but when everybody's full strength, I'm good with giving you know Sidney Brown a chance. Uh, if you know, I know Evans technically is kind of ahead of Brown yeah. on the depth chart, but uh, you know Terrell Edmonds is fine as a veteran. He's backup. fine. I thought you know that he was a little bit unlucky on that roughing call uh, on the sideline. Yeah, that when was a was trying to get the first down. That's you know it's a bang bang play. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, he, he, he is what he is, right? And he and Evans, there's not really much of a difference between the two of them, whereas there's much more variance you would expect from Sidney Brown. He could be better. He could be much worse. Yeah. So when everybody's back, I would love to see Sidney Brown steal a job here because, you know, him and Blankenship, if, you know, he had a nice play, that touchdown breakup last week, uh, Sidney Brown did. It was a shame he couldn't kind of keep it rolling and have him in this week. Uh, but, you know, if him and Blankenship can become a little something back there, the passing game with the, the safeties and the linebackers is definitely a concern. I would agree. But I, I feel They're better about the linebackers than I did two weeks ago. Yes. Well, that's and because these presumably guys... N'Kobe Dean is coming back at some point soon. Uh, eventually, the Eagles are going to decide they want to be actually good in the middle of the field and let Christian Ellis get on the field. <laughs> but uh, for Christian now, they're man. doing they're doing. Bo okay. Wolf. Um, yeah. What else is like? What else is worrying you? Uh, just it doesn't the, have to be Eagles related. If there are just things in your life that you want to <laughs> unload on, unload yeah. on, yeah. Uh, sit down on my couch. Yeah. I, I think Jalen's inconsistency has me a little worried. Um, it's last, been four games now. Yeah, and we haven't. I mean, you know, we are we are complaining about a game in which he, you know, he he played pretty well. He did, but it's been four games and we haven't seen last year's version of him. Yeah, I think the the reason last year was so impressive and exciting was that. It was just consistent, like, throughout. He just always seemed to make the right reads, the right calls, the right throws. Everything was was pretty consistent. This year, you're seeing that, but only in smaller dosage. Um, part of that is credit to the other defenses. I think, you know, teams spent a lot of – if you had the Eagles on the schedule this year, like the Rams next week, you know, I'm sure they put a little work into Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense. So – uh, you know, figure, ironing out that consistency, and if that's a Brian Johnson and Jalen thing or whatever it is, I, that does have me a little bit concerned uh, for a 4-0 team. Sure. Uh, but there's been times when he hasn't looked good this year, and he didn't really see that much last year. Yeah, I just... I, I, I realize that it sounds silly. It does, yeah. But I would say my biggest concern about the team right now is probably the way that Jalen Hurts is playing because the things that are actually weaker, you know, the linebackers, the secondary, were expected to be weaknesses. Yes. And there, there are ways that they can compensate for those things. If Jalen Hurts is not going to get back to what he was last season, they can still, I mean, they can still make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Like the, and that's and that's a crazy thing to say, but their their offensive ceiling is not the same, and I, I don't think that they can be one of the two or three best offenses that are able to um, you know move the ball down the field consistently against the best defenses, unless he is like he was a, a, last year. Yeah, uh, you know, they're they do have a really tough stretch of games in the middle of the year. They are lucky that, uh, you know, these first four games were relatively easy. If the commanders are the best team of those four, uh, it's good that they're 4-0, obviously. But you, you're going to have some real tough teams coming up here in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, and I don't think next week's trip to Los Angeles is a, no. is a gimme. Anytime you're going west, you know, that's, that's different. Uh, and the Rams came back today and got a, uh, a win over the Colts uh, late, so... You know, Stafford is is back to being a, you know, 
middle of the Packer higher quarterback after his injury last year. So Cooper Cup might be coming back next week. And now all of a sudden with Pachua and, Co- and Cooper Cup, you know, that's all of a sudden a formidable wide receiver room where you're kind of getting picked apart in the passing game. And you start to kind of wonder like, ooh, you know, what's Sean McVay, boy genius, mm. going to have cooking for this Eagles defense? And we'll see. And then after that, it's at the Jets. You feel pretty good about that yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. And then home against the Dolphins for the Kelly Green game on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. And Yost uh, 22H, yes, he had 300 yards, two touchdowns today. And yes, we're mildly complaining about him. I don't think any, anybody's... You know, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a team with Super Bowl expectations. Yes. This, the, the stakes are high and the bar is high. It's okay to be nitpicking about that. Yeah, I mean, not everything is uh, puppy dogs, rainbows, and ice cream here. Uh, there's been quarters and stretches at a time where he hasn't looked himself. Uh, and if you're going to be the hardest thing to do in the NFL, the reason why the Patrick Mahomes is so great, Josh Allen is so great, is they're consistent. Mm. Like, that's the hardest thing is just to be consistent. Uh, so, you know, that's what we're looking for this year because – he is pretty much uh, the moon to the Eagles universe here, and they need him. I guess the sun's more important than the moon. Yeah. I guess equally both important. I like that, though, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can, one of them can be the moon. Sirianni <laughs> can be the other. Yeah. So they need him, and he's, he's got to be better if you're going to, you know, play it. And then he can take Bills. that and talk about the tides and yeah. how, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got to be more consistent than the tides. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or it's like a rising tide lifts all boats type thing. <laughs> He'll have some kind of tide oh, absolutely. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if you are, a, if you're like a West Coast Eagles fan, or you're thinking, okay, this team is better than, you know, these schlubs Bo and Jamie are talking about, I'm, I'm going to go out and watch the Eagles against the Rams next week. Maybe you want to go to game time. Because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time has flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got the images of the seat views, so you're not going to get bamboozled. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss, and it's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We have a uh, Jalen Hurts quote from the press conference, and Zach will be joining us shortly, uh, leaving the Jalen Hurts press conference. He said, I think tension and pressure builds character. I think a win, a win like this does a lot for the spirit of the team. It shifts the spirit of the team. It lights a fire for us to continue to grow. Winning is the main thing. Mm. This man's a poet. But why didn't, you know, then, then the follow-up is why didn't they already have that type of spirit to begin with? Why do they need to eke out a victory over a, you know, a division right, rival? Iron sharpen iron, iron, you know, mm. something like that. Pressure makes diamonds, you know. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. He's got the coach speak down great, man. 
He sure does. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, all right. Well, we will uh, wait uh, hearing from Mr. Berman. Make sure that you are liking and uh, subscribing, all that stuff on the YouTube channel. Make sure that you are subscribing to the audio feeds on your podcast feeds, all that good stuff, and telling all your friends about it. Um, from a uh, Sirianni standpoint, how do you feel about like the, uh, like, you know, he's like getting an Emmanuel Forbes's face at, at one point. Uh, then he's, he's, he's telling McLaurin, nice catch, like just the general, uh, like bombast of, yeah. of Sirianni on the sidelines. You into it or not? I think I kind of am, but I also go, it's going to bite you at some point. Mm. Um, I think the dude just loves football so much. He can't control himself. That's I I'm good with it because it's real. It's authentic. Yeah, That's I think what it's, he's really it's like. genuine. Yeah. Like this dude just lives, eats, uh, and breathes football. So like, I don't think he can contain himself. So I'm okay with it because you'd rather have that guy than somebody that's just like good at designing plays and doesn't really love football, you know. So I, you live with it; it's he's fine. A football guy, yeah, he's he's definitely a football guy. You know, his, his high school uh, family and the records they've sent they they all they all uh, live for yeah. it. Uh, and don't forget about Matt Union. Oh yeah, Larry Karras. Yeah. Um, elsewhere. Dolphins lose, so the yeah, Eagles the are now kind of worked them a little bit. Uh, only two undefeated teams. I don't know what's going on in that Niners Cardinals game, but I imagine the uh, the Niners are probably winning that game, uh, which would leave somebody the, on the chat said Parsons was limping off, so I don't know uh, if no. he came up lame on something, uh, but something something to watch for there. Yeah, the Niners are up twenty one to three. Chargers are killing the Raiders up twenty four seven. Cowboys up 21-3 on the Patriots, as you said. There you go. Uh, and the Rams did get that that overtime win today, your next opponent, against the Colts. And Anthony Richardson kind of led them back. Uh, he's He's been impressive. And C.J. Stroud's getting some praises. Uh, the number one pick, Bryce Young, not yet getting those praises. But mm. the other two quarterbacks uh, appear to be pretty good. And you got to imagine that C.J. Stroud is buoyed by uh, – playing for a, such a handsome guy in D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I'm trying to think what else, what else there is to go over here because uh, aside from the generality of like what a weird game this was and division games are weird, you know, we talked about it. Um, like moving forward, you're, we'll see what happens with Jurgens. We'll see what happens with the secondary. They're going to have to do some stuff there. I, I don't know what to say other than, like, I'm just eager already to see what Jalen Hurts comes out like next week. And is he going to is he going to have a, a more sharp performance? Yeah, uh, that Rams team is, uh, you know, another team that on paper has a very bad offensive line. But that was supposed to be the case today, too. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the travel out west is always a little difficult. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, he's got to come. It's got to come soon here. I was pretty encouraged by his second half. I really was. I thought he was better. I thought the play calling and communication issues weren't great, uh, but I thought Jalen looked a lot better than he did in the first half. All right. Well, the good news is we have somebody uh, who can tell us a little bit more about what happened in the locker room, uh, what happened at the podium. And so we welcome to the show from Lincoln Financial Field, the handsome, the intrepid, Zach Berman. What's going on? Good to see you guys. What a backdrop. Yeah. Mr. The King of the Backdrop has got himself a nice backdrop. How you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to see you guys. Excited to talk about this game. What was the uh, what did you learn from the locker room? Give us the updates. 
there was a lot of sentiment about how they needed a game like this, how a game like this uh, builds, um, you know, uh, speaking of Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, different players in the locker room, Nick Sirianni, that this type of game puts you in these situations should you be in them again. Like uh, A.J. Brown said that they are not, uh, like, they don't care about being 4-0 right now, but they care a lot about these experiences that they're getting in becoming 4-0, the different ways to win. Uh, Sirianni said that like, like he doesn't care how you win, but it's, it's, it's important that you learn how to win in these different ways. So that was a big talking point in the locker room. This was the first overtime win that the Eagles have had since 2019. I believe it's the first overtime game that the Eagles have had under Sirianni. Uh, Sirianni really? was trying to think and he said, you know, I, I had to go through my mind. That was brought up to Sirianni in his press conference. And uh, it was certainly the first overtime. It's the first overtime win that they've had since 2019. I know that. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Hurts, for instance, said it's the first time he's ever been in a game where they had to win on a kick. That seemed odd to me when I heard that. But he, he said you never want to leave it in the kicker's hands. I mean, Nick Sirianni said he doesn't, he, he doesn't even watch kicks. He just looks at Michael Clay, and Michael Clay gives him the thumbs up or the thumbs down, basically. Mm. Uh, so it, it was interesting hearing different angles about that. But the overlying message was that they have a lot to clean up. They're 4-0, and a game like this is helpful. And then we can get into like the nitty-gritty of some of the situations and the particulars and things like that. Yeah, I think, Zach, one of the most interesting like situational philosophy uh, calls there came on the A.J. Brown touchdown yeah. late that led to the uh, taunting penalty, which ended up costing them as you know the commanders marched down the field and scored to send it to overtime. Was there any talk among Sirianni players, Jalen himself, about did they leave too much time on them? Should they have just run it out? What was the kind of vibe on that after the game? Yeah, Sirianni said the objective is to score, right? And he's not and, wrong. Uh, so, so when you score, uh, that's a good. Now he said you you don't want to have that uh, penalty. And AJ Brown took responsibility for that. Said he's a veteran. That can't happen. Jalen Hurts said something to AJ Brown on the sideline about that. I asked Jalen Hurts what made him go for the end zone in that situation, and he said he said it's feel. He said it's like when I asked him last week about the, uh, the, you know, staying in the pocket on the Zacchaeus touchdown and you just have a feel when you're there. He said, you have a feel. He said, you know, playmakers make plays essentially and uh, they made a play in, the, in, in that situation. A.J. Brown said that Forbes was, was kind of on him all game, was being aggressive and they thought they had a shot there and it clearly worked. But as far as the timing of it, Nick, Nick said that you go back and forth with that kind of stuff, but you want to score. And uh, his quibble wasn't as much with the amount of time left on the clock as the penalty that gave the field position to Washington. If I can just backtrack there, Zach, did, did Jalen reference you asking him the question about the Z Zacchaeus <laughs> touchdown throw, or is that you referencing it? No, Jalen did. Uh, he did. Oh, so he's he's yeah. on he's on to you. He's he, he's. Uh, no, he said you asked me last week about <laughs> this, and then he said it's he, the same. He's answer. keeping track. Yeah. I think that's interesting. He's on to you, it's, Berman. It's 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 the short guy who's trying to get inside his head, right? So. <laughs> Just climb on up there. Just yeah, get right in there, pop it open. Um, what did you think of it, though, as 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 an analyst, not as the reporter? Did you yeah. did you think that that was a, the right thing to do? 
I thought scoring was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you about too much time left on the clock, but you don't want to leave it to change. Like if it, so it was what second and four in that situation, right? Second and four, about one forty two left. left yeah. Uh, yeah. Washington has one timeout. And so you are opening up the possibility yeah. to lose the game by scoring a touchdown there. True. Okay. I, I see your point there. Um, he he uh so actually nick did say i'm gonna add i'm gonna add one thing before i give the analysis nick said that even if that ball's incomplete if you go if 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 you're aggressive in that situation it affects the way they play you on the next play on third down so whether that has 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 merit or not that's that's kind of that's that probably was fair yeah. explanation too uh i i didn't have as much of an issue with it because at that point in the game to get seven is I think that's significant. You know, there's so many things that could happen, right? You, you, like, like you saw, by the way, in overtime when they have the intentional grounding penalty. True. Uh, right. If 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 you say you're going to play conservative there, it takes it takes one holding call to push you back. Uh, or you know, there's there's a handful of things that could happen. I don't have a problem with scoring a touchdown there. Probably a little too much time left on on the clock, but you also it, it, you know, they have to go to the length of the field. All right. So I, I don't have an issue with that. I do have an issue with the penalty and AJ Brown can't have the, that penalty in that situation. And, and he would tell you that and Sirianni said that. And, and you know, Jalen didn't say that, but Jalen said it to him, but no, I, I did not have an issue with them scoring a touchdown in that spot. I, I do know, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter during the game or X during the game and seeing, um, you know, the reaction from, from fans and I, I know that was a controversial play there, but I'm kind of on on Nick's side there that if you have a chance to get in the end zone, unless it's it's like uh, when they're letting you score, but with the amount of time there was there, you get in the end zone. I think so, take the points. So, Zach, philosophically, there was another interesting one that came up in the game, and uh, I, I would have denied the penalty and – Force Ron Rivera's head into a little bit of a blender there. Uh, the, pr- the prior scoring play, you went for two to eliminate the field goal. Uh, it was when they were up four. Uh, they accepted the penalty, sent it back to a third and six. You know, Hal picks it up, I believe, to McLaurin on the right side there. Uh, what, did Sirianni address that situationally? Because I, for one, would have been intrigued by a fourth and one or two situation where a field goal is meaningless and they had to go for it. Uh, did that come up at all? Because philosophically, football-wise, I think that's a very interesting what-do-you-do situation. No, that's a great question. And that did not come up. That will come up, I imagine, on his call tomorrow, um, if not from, from Bo or me, from a different reporter. Um, because, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting one. Uh, the, the game situation play that came up was the third and 11 handoff to Gainwell. That sucked. Uh, and the coward sweep. Said, he said last year, uh, last week, they ran that play on third and eight, and it worked, and no one asked about it, right? And so he's like, when it doesn't work, you. I didn't like that call. Um, that's a call, third and eleven in that spot. When you're talking about red zone offense, handing it off to Kenny Gainwell when you have AJ Brown who was eating the entire half, right? Um, Devontae Smith and and Dallas Goddard. Um, at yeah, I I I didn't like that call. I didn't much like that explanation either. I mean, even third and 11 is different than third and eight. Uh, but just because it worked like, what are the odds of a third and 11 run working? And maybe what you're trying to do is pick up seven and get into a fourth and manageable. 
But no, I, I didn't like that. And I, I uh, look, I respect Sirianni's explanation for it. He said he had conviction in the call. He talked about it with Brian Johnson. They, they, they liked it. He stands by it. But uh, that's, that's, that's one that I disagree with. Zach, I know that we have some, some viewers and listeners who are, who are here just as much for the Zach Berman insight as they are for uh, like the Eagles insight. So I do have to ask, did you go to Sirianni instead of the locker room? Because before you did locker room instead of Sirianni, what's, what's the reason behind that? Yeah, so today was one where I, I, there were certain questions that I, I wanted for, that I had for Sirianni that I had for Jalen Hurts. Um, and A.J. Brown went to the podium and I wanted to speak to A.J. Brown. Uh, this is one of these games and there's so much like I'm going to have a handful of different stories from this game um, that I, I wanted to tackle different people. So I was in the locker room. I spoke to you know, Jordan Mailata, three sack Nicholas Morrow, a um, handful of other guys there. But uh, I did go to Sirianni and Hurts today because uh, honestly, uh, I'm not just pandering to you guys. I know this is a big part of my job responsibility is, is this post game show. I knew you would have questions from Nick questions from Jalen and I didn't think I didn't think it was appropriate uh if I was saying that I was you know getting color from player x when there were some of these these big pertinent questions like one Mm. thing I anticipated you guys asking me was about the penalty uh on the quarterback sneak uh so I I asked Sirianni that and he said he doesn't want to get into what the explanation was from the officials but he said that uh maybe they were off sides it, or he said they were off sides of something that they're going to have to look at and correct. So he kind of uh, took that way out. But he did say the 11 penalties was uncharacteristic of them, something they have to look back on. This game was called uh, very oddly, I thought, especially in the first yes. half. So that's why I asked Sirianni about the penalties. But to answer your question succinctly, Bo, I went to Nick and Jalen today because I figured there were going to be questions pertinent to Nick and Jalen that I wanted to make sure to address for the two of you and for our audience. Yeah, Todd in the chat, uh, Zach, says you can pander us when, to whenever you want. It's totally cool. Um, <laughs> injury updates. Cam Jurgens obviously left the game. Uh, some people on Twitter saying he's in a walking boot. Uh, and then maybe most importantly, Reed Blankenship's forearm, the MVP of the game. Yeah. Uh, how are those guys doing? Yeah, I did not see Cam in a walking boot, but I didn't see Cam on the sideline, so that's not good. Um, you know, he, he, he left the game. Was not out there uh, to start the second half. Uh, was looking through the binoculars. Was did, did not return to the sideline. Um, Blankenship. Uh, yeah, I, uh, my former colleague Jeff McClain tweeted out the picture <laughs> of him. I I was in on uh, Hertz. Um, I'm sure I, he's fine. I did not speak to Blankenship, but yeah, I, he did not go into the medical tent. By the way, I I was watching Blankenship as they returned to the sideline very closely, and he went sat down on the bench. It was being looked at, but he did not go back to the tent. So uh, that that's a like a decent sign. Like I, I guess we'll see this week. But I would pay attention to the Jurgens thing because the fact that he did not return to the game nor the sideline uh, would be a concern, and um, we'll get more on that. I don't know how much Nick will say tomorrow, but certainly, you know, by Wednesday, we'll see a practice. Well, it gives Bo a chance to uh, try out all of his Suo Apeta stats. So uh, we have a happy uh, co-host right here. Absolutely. Now, Zach, did you want to apologize uh, to Jamie for uh, making his heart drop in when you tweeted that the, <laughs> the Reed Blankenship play was going to get overturned because the Washington <laughs> offense was going on the field? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> what I was trying to do in that situation was be the eyes and the ears for the fans at home, right, who I don't know what – you know, I, I do actually have the game on 
on my laptop on YouTube TV, but it's, it's, it's a little uh, behind, right? So uh, I don't know what they were showing there, but I, I, I'm, I'm at the game. I want to show, I want to you know, tell the audience exactly what's happening in front of me. So the punt teams were on the field, and then the replay's on the screen, and Washington sends their offense back out there, and the Eagles actually start sending their defense back out there. Oh, wow. Which was why I put out there, I didn't say this was going to be overturned. It I looks said, like. That's looks accurate. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, That's accurate. Based on what happened. Yeah. So what I was trying to do there was, 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 was really kind of give, uh, you know, I think sometimes when I, when I like tweet out, uh, you know, 24, 20, uh, 359 left on clock. I probably don't need to do that. Everyone's watching the game, right? <laughs> if you could give like a call, you know, that's, that's me, uh, like seven years ago being like the paper of record at the Inquirer, right? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, if, uh, if, if there's things happening in front of me that like only, I guess the, the, the 69,000 people here see, um, but people back home don't, I want to make sure that, um, I'm giving that. So sorry to make your heart skip a beat there, it's but right. that is literally what occurred. Uh, and the last one from me, Zach, I, I, the main story from the game uh, is Aaron Sipos coming back. I mean, oof. Yeah. Yeah, Braden Mann was, uh, was not the man. Huh? <laughs> Braden um, Boy, more like. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, did, he did put down the hold on the game-winning field goal, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, no, um, I don't know if they bring someone back at the sit boss. I, you know what they could do, by the way, is they could just keep doing this like punter roulette thing where you just yes. bring a guy on practice squad, <laughs> you know, trot him out there every three weeks and save a spot on the 53 man roster. Uh, no, this, this was not a good game from, from man. I imagine man will have one more week, uh, the Rams game next week, and then they'll have to make a decision whether to put him on the 53 or go with someone else. But this was, uh, this was not the game you wanted to see from the punter. Yeah, but the hold was on point. The hold was on point, correct. Uh, Last one for me, Zach, because I know that you've got some writing to do, and you and I will have plenty of time to unpack this game a little bit further over the next couple days. Just watching it live, your take on on Jalen Hurts' performance tonight. I thought that this was the best game he played this year, uh, which was what Sirianni said after the game. But I I thought that uh, he put the ball in spots for – some of these guys to make plays. I, I you know, I, I, they, he didn't turn the ball over, although there were some close calls. I didn't quite understand the uh, intentional grounding. I disagreed with the intentional grounding call in overtime there because uh, I, I thought there was a, a wide receiver with it. You know, it was realistic to throw it, to throw it deep. But uh, I, I thought some of Jalen's throws to AJ were right on. He put it in a tight window to to uh, Dallas Goddard on that third down conversion in, in the red zone. And he took care of the – he, he did not turn the ball over. Um, uh, to, to give you some, kind of some color from the locker room, players said that Jalen had like a particular fire to him today. Uh, the fire is the term that A.J. used. And that guys were saying he was very you – know, you could tell um, something different about him today. Uh, so Jalen was uh, – I, I thought this was, this was Jalen's best game to date. There were plays that still could have been made, uh, but I, I thought he put the ball in, in spots for his playmakers to make plays. Again, though, I, I, haven't, I haven't gone back and watched it, and oftentimes actually those watching from home or from the TV studio um, – or I shouldn't say the TV studio, from the studio 
uh, get kind of a, a better picture than when I'm in the press box sometimes. Um, so we'll see. But uh, I, 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 th- I thought he played well. Did you agree or disagree? I, I thought he played okay. Okay. Yeah. I was encouraged by the second half. I thought the first half, there seems to me uh, to be some kind of communication issues uh, between him and Goddard, and it happened a couple times. Uh, I don't know if Brian Johnson's getting the calls in late or it's (laughs) rushed. Uh, To me, it looks like there's a couple communication issues offensively. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's something that I I will look into this week. Um, I I, I thought AJ was – spectacular like special tonight yeah um that's that's one thing you know there's that that won't kind of be my main story but at at one point when i thought the when i didn't think the game was going overtime i was preparing for an aj brown story because i was just like man they they couldn't cover him and that the first touchdown he had was special i think i saw uh nfl next gen stats said by the time he caught it there was a two percent there was a two percent chance of a touchdown um and he the run after the catch there he said once he broke the first tackle he knew he was scoring but that was a really impressive run after the catch uh so i i thought aj certainly helped jalen tonight that's for sure yeah and zacchaeus and Devonte did a great job blocking for him downfield absolutely well zach we will look forward to uh reading your story on all phly.com we will talk to you on our phly eagles podcast tomorrow at three thirty. and uh good luck we'll talk to you later Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. See you, Zach. The chat is just a buzz about how beautiful that backdrop was, and we know that Zach cares very pretty a lot about the backdrop. So uh, yeah. I'm happy for him, and he was able to pull that together. And you know what? A transition. Speaking of backdrops, all this, all this Foco stuff. Oh yeah, behind us, Jamie. You know, yeah, Foco gorgeous. is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line. That includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. The best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. And they have your back for Philly sports. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10 percent off well right. uh in non-eagles news uh it appears the phillies first round matchup is set they will be hosting the miami florida whatever oh. the hell they are marlins how, how do you feel about that uh the, the i never like seeing a division opponent in yeah. the playoffs just like today we saw because the division games can be weird and they know each other well and um i would have preferred the diamondbacks but i think they shouldn't I don't think we as fans should sweat either of these teams. I think the Phillies are playing really well right now. So I like their odds, but uh, it's official. The Marlins and Phillies will be the game. Starts on Tuesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, and if needed, Thursday. And what's our what's our setup here on, on PHLY? We're going to be doing pre- and post-games for all of them. So Tuesday, I haven't seen the game times yet. I saw somebody in the chat say it was a, a nighttime game. So we'll be on as a pre-game show, a post-game show, and... Um, yeah, tomorrow morning we're going to be on at 1130, uh, but game days we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants with these game times. Busy week for you. Yeah, busy week, but uh, it's red October. So, you know, the Eagles are 4-0. The Phillies are hosting a home playoff game. Uh, it's a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Well said. And that's all you need to know. Unless you only care about the Sixers. 
in which case you can listen to the Kyle Newbeck, uh, Derek Bodner podcast that was dropped today as an emergency reaction to the Drew Holiday uh, trade to the Boston Celtics. So uh, we've got you covered on everything. Tomorrow, Zach and I will be back here to talk more about this game at 3.30. Jamie and Renee have you covered on the Phillies all week. Lots of other stuff going on. And, uh, and Sixers Media Day tomorrow, so I know Sixers Derek and Media Kyle are going to be there. And flying and out for training flying camp. Flying out to camp in Colorado. Is James Harden there tomorrow? That's going to be I something. doubt it, right? Then, I mean, nobody really wants them, so we might as well play the good soldier and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, by the way, uh, according to Jimmy Kemsky as well, Jake Elliott, not a fan of Chicken Little as the nickname. Right. Yes. Yeah. Big, big Jimmy Kemsky pops on this podcast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Shout yeah. out to Jimmy for getting the Chicken Little quote. There you go. Good job <laughs> by Jimmy. Um, all right. The Eagles move to 4-0 and with a 34-31 overtime victory. We will have plenty to talk about over the course of the week. Obviously, everybody wants to know what happened to Goose Wisely. Which uh, of our rosters ended up winning this week? We'll talk about that and unpack that tomorrow and uh, talk a little bit more about what Jalen Hurts did, what the defense needs to do better against presumably a better quarterback next week. But uh, all, is, all is okay. 4-0 and with room to improve. That's about as good as Nick Sirianni could ask There's for. There's going to be two teams left, the 49ers and the Eagles undefeated most likely. And that's the cream of the NFC right there. So... Could these teams be on a collision course for another mm. NFC championship game? It well, certainly appears will, that will, way they early. They will certainly meet in uh, the link in December yeah. for a rematch. So uh, that will be something to look forward to. So for Jamie and Andrew and Zach and all of the sickos in the chat, we thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. 